Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. My dad has some mobility issues. Now, in the present tense, he has mobility issues because he's 84. But even before that, dad struggled and was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis as a young man. And some of the medicines they gave him, I think it was a, a steroid called prednisone, caused him to have some degenerative problems in his back, either the disc or the actual vertebrae. And as he's gotten older and he's lost some weight and he's a little more active and he doesn't, you know, he's retired. Uh, he has more mobility maybe than he did when he was younger. But on one occasion when he was younger and Lonnie Beth was very, very small, she was at their house and she was sitting in the floor wanting to read. And she had a pillow down there for Pop and she didn't want to sit on the couch with him and she didn't want to sit at the table with him. She wanted him to sit in the floor because lots of the adults in her life sat in the floor with her. So she said, Pop, sit down here. And my dad, of course, said, well, well honey, Pop can't sit like that. And she said, well, it's easy. Just bend your legs. And what is easy for some people is not easy for other people. People who understand math and people who can do math find it strange that everybody else can't. In fact, people who do math think everybody can do math. Much the same way that people who can draw think that everybody else can draw. I remember as a little boy, friends would be at my house and we would be playing and we would want to invent a new game or want to change games. And somebody would say, well, now what do you want to do? And I would say, let's draw. And they would look at you like, what? Yeah, let's draw. We, we don't draw. What do you mean you don't draw? Everybody draw. No, everybody doesn't draw. And now here I am on one of my Saturday afternoons on a quote-unquote play date, and I'm stuck with this dude that doesn't draw, and I'm going to lose some very serious weekend drawing time because now he doesn't draw. What am I supposed to do, draw and let him watch? I remember as a child realizing that I, I, I could draw. Now, my artwork is very simple. It's heavy in line. It's more illustration than it is rendered artwork. Even my paintings are more cartoonish than they are real life. But I've drawn all my life. I remember my dad would walk by and I would draw on these pulp paper sketch pads. They're called scribble pads. My mom would buy me one probably every month at Sky City with a couple of little black ink pens. And my dad would walk by and go, did you draw that? I said, yes, sir. Hey, no, no, you drew it. You didn't trace it. No, sorry, I didn't trace it. Well, what did you look at? Well, I didn't look at anything. The picture was in my mind, and I just drew it. And I really, you know, here I am making a podcast about that people who draw think everybody can draw. I really do think everybody can draw because drawing is not about your dexterity. It's not what you do with your hands. 
It's your ability to see proportion and see perspective and translate those shapes into the proper combination to make it look like what you want it to look like. I, I remember being in school and drawing. I take notes and draw, take notes and draw. And I was drawing, and, and I very distinctly remember drawing this little hut, a little thatch hut on stilts, and a palm tree coming out. And then in the background of, of the picture, there was waves and a little sailboat. And you could see the reflection of the sailboat in the, the moonlight. And, and uh, there was another little island that I had shad shadowed. And, and I was drawing. And the teacher came down the aisle. And she was either lecturing for notes or just making sure we were doing our desk work. And she snatched my drawing out from under me. And she continued to walk and talk. And she went to the, the trash can and she switched it to her other hand and put it on her desk, and she kept my drawing. It dawned on me then that I was drawing well enough at that age that the teacher wouldn't throw it away, but she would keep it. Now, without, without being braggadocious, I want you to understand that, you know, I've designed several T-shirts. I've got a series of shirts I did just for the SWAT team. I have airbrush t-shirts for a long, long time. I got my first airbrush from my Uncle Ray and would, would attach it to a Freon bottle that I would fill up at the gas station with just compressed air. And then as I would bleed the air out of the, the Freon bottle with the uh, airbrush, I would paint. Uh, my senior year, I actually got a, an air compressor and a new airbrush. And I've sold and made hundreds, if not approaching thousands of t-shirts. I remember the kids at camp would uh, sit with me at a table and I would just draw, you know, on, a, on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. Hey, what's your name? And I'd do a graphic rendering of their name and then add the baseball player, the soccer ball, the favorite animal or whatever, and, and just draw. And of the things that I've drawn, and I've got a children's book that was published and I've got uh, illustrations in a, in a book that I did called The Selfish Reel. And I've got... If you get on the website, uh, the Teespring website that's mentioned in the podcast notes, you can look through some of the things I've done, even the series of paintings I did for Gunner. Uh, I've got several walls that I've painted, murals at different high schools and different things. And and although I'm not what you'd call a, a finished artist, I don't do renderings. You know, I can't take a, a set of graphic graphite pencils and, and draw something that looks like a photograph. But I do okay if I take my time. I've typically prided myself on being a fast artist. <laughs> this guy at college was paying these two art majors to draw uh, his advertisements in the school newspaper and then posters for his lobby of his restaurant. And he was paying them by the hour. And he was paying them this ridiculously small sum of money. And I remember approaching him, and I borrowed the term from uh, Tim Petty, but approaching him and telling him I was a mercenary cartoonist. And I would be glad to draw for him. Now, my logo for the mercenary cartoonist was a knockoff of a Frank Frazetta painting. And Frank Frazetta did all these uh, Conan the Barbarian things and some of the John Clark of Mars stuff. Uh, and everything he did was watercolor. But he's got this one painting of a guy sitting on a horse. It's a war horse. And he's got this axe. And it's called the Death Dealer. Now, if you Google Frank Frazetta to find this painting, You'll have to realize that Frank Frazetta also liked to paint scantily clad women. But 
I, I was more into his warriors and, and his barbarians. But anyway, I took this, this drawing that he had called the Death Dealer, and I replaced all the weapons with art supplies. So I've got this barbarian guy sitting on a horse, and instead of a battle axe, he's got an airbrush, and hanging from his saddle are pens and pencils and regular brushes, and it, I called it, it was my advertisement, I was a mercenary cartoonist, and I stole the title from Tim Petty. And I told this guy at the restaurant, I said, look, I'll, I'll same day delivery. You tell me in the morning what you want, and in the afternoon before close of business, you'll have your artwork. Eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, five bucks. Anything larger than that, 10 bucks. And I sold him artwork and I sold artwork out of my dorm room uh, using my airbrush. And so, you know, I'm somewhat of an accomplished artist. Uh, I'd sit down at camp with the kids and, and draw these things for them and they would treasure them. And you got to understand these are cartoons. But they, and kids will tell me today, hey, I still got that thing you drew for me at camp. I begin to understand that sometimes it's not about the artwork, but it's about the sentiment that goes with the artwork. When Lonnie Beth got married, we were in the bridal area. Her mom and I were there, and they were taking the, you know, the dad and the daughter pictures and the mom and the daughter pictures. And we were there, and the bride was there, and the bridesmaids were there. And somebody comes in and hands Lonnie Beth this folded piece of paper. Now, now by folded piece of paper, I mean a, a piece of yellow, the fuzzy yellow construction paper. Well, she sits down, and she opens it up, and she gasps, and then she starts these tears. And and the girls gather around her, and there's these oohs and these ahs. And so I have to see what's going on. What's what's upset my daughter on her wedding day? And, and I go over there, and on this yellow piece of construction paper is, is this representation, is the best I can say, of probably a palm tree and two stick figures. And he's written, it's from Tyler, that this is the beginning of their life together. And then after the ceremony, they're going to Jamaica or some such thing. My daughter has a, de she's a degreed artist. She has a bachelor's degree in art. I've got a minor in art. I'm a published artist. I've sold artwork. I've got a company that had me design a, a, a logo for them that they bought and, and bought from me so they could have the royalties. And my daughter sitting here looking at this thing that her husband-to-be has drawn, and she's openly weeping, and I've seen cave paintings that look better than this. And it's not about the quality of the artwork, but about the sentiment of the artwork. Those things that I drew at camp for the kids had very little to do with the artwork other than the fact that we shared that moment and they watched me draw it or they talked to me while I was drawing it. And it represented a gift, not of my artwork, but of my time to them. How many of you have drawings from little children on your refrigerators? We've got two canvases that hang in our living room. And those canvases represent the finger paintings of Gunner and Rowan. Jackie takes these canvases out, takes them to the back porch, put old T-shirts or garbage bags over the kids and, and say, paint. 
And they smear their colors around. And then when the paint dries, we hang them in their living room. At best is abstract art. But it's not about the quality of the art. It's, it's the time you spent doing the art. I've got a folder. <laughs> I've got a folder of crayon drawings that sits beneath my computer. The one that I make my podcast on. And it's from a little girl named Hadley. Hadley McGuire is the number one fan of this podcast. And we got to meet each other at the last Challenge Youth Conference. And uh, she she sent me some drawings. And, and I've got six drawings. And her mom had her tell her what the descriptions were. And the drawings are described as me and Mr. Lonnie when I first met him. Me and Mr. Lonnie doing those story things we listened to my podcast. At Halloween, being vampires, I'm flying because I can do that. The next one says, that's us climbing down a wall, and that's our ropes, the black line. Then we did a skit where a guy was showing that his life was unfulfilled, and we had an empty bucket with a hole cut out of it, and she's got a drawing that says, that's the thing we watched about the empty bucket. And then the, the guys that do the skits are called the SWAT team. And uh, we wear black uniforms and perform, you know, in a black light outfit or a blackout uh, format on the stage. And the sixth drawing I have from Hadley McGuire says, this is me and the SWAT team telling stories. I want to help one day. I will wear pink shoes so they will know it's me. Well, it's an all-male team, so I think we'll know it's you when you get on stage with us. But it's the sentiment that this precious little girl sent me this artwork. And it was Tyler's sentiment that brought tears to my daughter's eyes, although she's a trained artist and grew up with an artist. And not just an artist, but an artist who would draw things for her on demand. And she would go to the other grandparents' house and say, draw me a... And they say, no, you don't understand. I'm not your dad. I can't draw that. And even now I'm running into trouble with Rowan and Gunner because they'll, hey, draw Captain America or draw the Hulk or draw Spider-Man. And, and Papa Jerry and, and uh, Mimi will say, well, now, wait a minute. That's Papa Jonesy's stuff. The simple tokens of love for your children. A friend of mine took his kids to Chattanooga. And I had mentioned of all the cool things to do in Chattanooga, the climbing wall and the zip lines and the alpine slide and the places that I rocked climbing. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. We don't do that kind of stuff. And then on visiting with him about his visit to Chattanooga, he said, well, maybe one day I'll go do cool stuff with my kids. And I said, no, no, you must understand me. You've done cool stuff with your kids. You are with your kids. That's cool. The myth of quality time is that there has to be an extravagant gift or an extravagant trip or an extravagant activity when the greatest gift you give a child is your time and the greatest gift you give your spouse is time and the greatest gift you give your parents are time and it's not about the thing that is on the piece of paper but the thing that motivated me to spend time with the paper and give it to you. The value of the artwork 
is not what it represents on paper, the image, but what it represents from the heart of the person who drew it. Now, I'm, I'm not being critical, and I don't, I don't want to sound demeaning, and, but I've said in worship services, and at the end of the worship service, people would lead a prayer and say that we pray that the things we've done were acceptable in your sight. And, and I guess there's something there about being true to the mechanics of worship. But when did we get the idea that we had to ask for God's acceptance? Now, there are some things that are prescribed that God says, you know, this is acceptable and this is unacceptable. And I'm not talking about that. But when did we get the idea that what we present to God has to have a caveat of acceptability with it and that God won't take it like the scribbled best expression of a child and pin it on his fridge and make it acceptable. I wonder why we have this complex that we have to earn God's love. Because, see, the acceptability may not be always in the quality of what we do or our songs on pitch. Did we sing the lyrics right? Did we sing at the proper tempo? The, the, the tithe that we make, was it a dollar amount or did it represent a, a giving of our heart? You see, the things that we present to God and sometimes to each other are just the humble expressions of people who are imperfect. And the actual thing that is presented, the, the, the drawing, the painting, the image, doesn't have to be sophisticated. It doesn't have to be realistic. It just has to be real. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive Spiritual Development, A Christ-Centered Approach to Spiritual Self-Esteem. Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.